0: Welcome to the Jesus Joy and Java Special Summer Series. In these next six weeks, I will be sharing with you some of the most popular episodes of seasons one through five. I appreciate all the feedback you have provided and the stories of how these episodes have encouraged you to draw closer to Jesus. Sisters, while I prepare for the launch of season six in August, I hope you will enjoy the next six weeks of your favorite episodes. The episode that we're going to listen to today is from Season 4 of the Promises of God series. After sharing this episode, I learned that many of you loved this verse, Psalm 37.4. It's a favorite of many women because as we grow closer to Christ, we learn to delight ourselves in Him and believe that He knows what is best for our lives. So let's grab our java and let's listen to this episode on the promises of God. Today we will be looking at Psalm 37 4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. This verse just happens to be my favorite promise of God, because it was a verse that a friend shared with me during a time in my life when I was dealing with anxiety. I'll talk a little more about this later on in today's episode. But before we look at Psalms 37.4, I'd like us to take a look at the first four verses of Psalm 37. In these four verses, we are instructed to not be envious, not to fret. To do good to trust and to delight ourselves in the lord let's read those verses together psalms 37 1 through 4 do not fret because of evildoers nor be envious of the workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb trust in the lord and do good dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Here we are told not to fret about people who are scheming, about people who are constantly plotting evil against us. We are told not to envy those who are evil and wicked. And we are told to do good and to keep our mind focused on the things of the Lord. In these verses, we are also instructed to keep our eyes and our heart on the Lord because He will keep His promise. He will carry our burdens so we don't have to worry about those around us who are plotting to do evil. He will keep His promise to comfort us when we are weighed down by the cares of the world or feeling oppressed. We are being encouraged by David in this psalm to trust in the Lord, to do good, and to delight ourselves in Him. We are to believe in His promises because He is faithful. The more we put our focus on the Lord and less focus on the cares of this world, the more joy that we're going to have in our heart. Now let's dive a little deeper into Psalms thirty-seven, four. So what did David mean by delighting in the Lord? The dictionary definition of the word delight is to gain great pleasure, satisfaction, and happiness. The Hebrew word for delight is raza, which means to be inclined towards an object or a person or to take pleasure in. How do we as Christ followers delight or take pleasure in the Lord? We delight in the Lord by getting to know Him, by learning everything we can about Him, devoting our time to reading and understanding God's Word, the Bible. It is through His Word that we learn about God's character, His attributes. Remember, we talked about that in the introductory episode. The more time we spend delighting in Him, the more admiration and adoration we build in our hearts for Him and the more we are captivated by His wonders and His goodness. He starts to take the place of our worry, of our anxiety, our discouragement. I can't think of anything better than the feeling of drawing close to God and sitting at His feet. It is truly a delight. Now let's talk about that anxiety I was dealing with when a friend shared this verse with me and why this verse became my favorite promise of God that I hold on to. In previous episodes, I've shared about some of my toxic relationships. I call them toxic because these men were emotionally abusive. For some reason, I had the tendency of meeting men who were controlling and sometimes verbally abusive. Unfortunately, it took me about 40 years to finally break that cycle. When I was in my mid-30s, I started to feel a bit discouraged and disappointed about how my life was turning out. You see, when I graduated from college, I was 22, and I had set goals for myself. I wanted to get married, live in a nice home with my husband and my 2.5 kids, a dog, all of this by the age of 30. (laughs) Well, none of that happened the way I imagined. I found myself ending another long-term relationship after another relationship. So by the age of 34, I realized that the clock was ticking and so the more discouraged I became. This led to the severe anxiety, to heavy drinking, self-destructive behavior, and very low self-esteem. I felt like I had failed at life. It didn't matter that I had the degree or that I had a great career and made enough money to buy whatever I wanted or vacation whenever I wanted. I was still single. And childless. So as I shared in another episode, by my mid-30s I had already given up on ever getting married, especially after a relationship I had with the man I met at church. This man turned out to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Needless to say, this relationship ended very badly and it was enough for me to want to stay away from men at church or anywhere for that matter. I seriously thought that I was never going to get married. When I was going through this, one of the ladies at my church who was mentoring me at that time shared Psalm 37 4 with me, and when I read it, it totally changed my view on life. I realized that I needed to start focusing only on the things of God. So I decided to spend more time in ministry and mission trips. By delighting myself in the Lord instead of looking for love in all the wrong places as Kenny Rogers sings, he gave me the desires of my heart. In 2006, I met my husband. He is the most loving, gentle, and respectful man I've ever met. He has a heart of gold and is the complete opposite of all of the men I've ever dated. God knew that the desire of my heart was to be married, but He needed to repair my heart and my attitude before any of that could happen. Now let me ask you this. Does delighting in the Lord mean that if we go to church every Sunday and attend every church event or tithe every week, God will give us the car or the home of our dreams or even increase our bank account. No, don't forget, our God is good and He wants to bless us, but don't let that be the motive for going to church. Be careful with churches that teach you that you can name it and claim it or declare it and it's yours. If they're teaching you this in your church, sister, you better run in the opposite direction. God is not a genie. You cannot demand anything from God. When we declare something, we might think it will come to pass because we have the power in our words to cause it to happen. Don't be fooled. It is not our words, but the Word of God that has the power. It is only His Word on our lips that will transform our lives. And we believe that God keeps His promises and is faithful to keep his word forever, as it says in Jeremiah one twelve. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Let me remind you, God knows us better than we know ourselves and he wants to give us the desires of our heart matthew seven verses nine through eleven says what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Delighting in the Lord means that as we begin to spend more time with God, He begins to change our heart's desires. Don't get me wrong, sisters, He rejoices when we go to church. But he also wants us to spend more one-on-one time with him, not only on Sunday for one hour. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So we can delight in him by reading his word, praying, studying, sharing the gospel. Sharing our testimony, serving Him, or caring for others, those are just a few of the things that please Him. The more that we delight in Him, the more that our heart is aligned with His. The things that please the Lord will become a joy in our heart. Perhaps the desire of your heart is to be married someday and to have a nice home and some kids. That was my desire, but the older I got, my desire changed, and I am content with the life I have now. He has given me peace about not having children. He gave me many nieces and nephews. Oh, and my Maltese poodle, Maddie, too. (laughs) You see, while I was delighting in the temporary things of this world, such as my career, promotions, possessions, etc., I was never satisfied. And at the end of the day, I was still very lonely and very empty. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15-17, to 17, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the father but from the world the world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of god lives forever now i can say that by delighting in the lord instead of delighting in the things of this world i now have peace joy and fulfillment as it says in first timothy chapter 6 verse 6 godliness with contentment is great gain sisters when we delight in the eternal things of god our desires will line up to his and we will always be content matthew 6 verse 33 tells us but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you we will never find fulfillment in the things of this world so let's keep our focus on what pleases God. He knows our heart. Remember, He is all-knowing. Let's allow Him to transform our hearts and our desires, and He will always provide above and beyond what we can ever imagine. In John chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus says, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. You see, it's really very simple. If we want God to give us the desires of our hearts, we must first make Him the only desire of our heart.